Welcome. You've tuned in to Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You are meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamura. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I'm Raphael. And I'm Michael. The purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. It's so wonderful for us to be broadcasting our show live once again and be here with all of you after our unexpected six-month sabbatical of sorts. (laughs) For those of you joining us for the first time since our return last week, this is the second episode in our brand new season with the overall theme, Celebrating Your Life Joyfully Through Its Ups and Downs. For this season, we're taking you with us on a leisurely stroll down our recent memory lane to share with you the life-challenging, the life-changing challenges that we've been navigating through for the first half of this year and continue to do so. We know that many of you have been interested in finding out more about what happened from the horse's mouth, so to speak. Not only what made it necessary for us to suddenly stop airing our new shows live for the past six months, but also how we've managed to get ourselves to a place where we could return to offer you a new season of live shows once again. We figured that the life that Michael and I have been living all year long so far would serve as a good example of one way that you might be able to live more of the joy-filled miracle of your soul life no matter what kinds of challenges you might be facing. So, we started <clears throat> we started our first episode of this new season last week by asking the question, what would you do if you had 3 weeks to live? We choose we chose that question because that's what Michael was faced with when he first got his diagnosis of AML or as it is known in medical terms, acute myeloid leukemia from the oncologist as he awoke in his hospital bed the next morning after he was transported from the local ER to the downtown main hospital specialized bone marrow treatment ward in the nearby major city. Today, we decided to follow up with our new life-changing adventure in the hospital and ask the somewhat tongue-in-cheek question, is your life for here or to go? This was kind of his question, really. (laughs) That was meant to be funny, actually. (laughs) You have to be able to laugh at this stuff or, you know, it's going to be hard to make it through all of it. The answer might be more obvious if you were ordering food at a fast food restaurant, whether you wanted to dine in at the eatery now or have your food package to go so you could take it home with you to eat it a bit later. Yet, why would we ask this question about how you choose to live your life? We'll begin by giving you a recap and from last week's show, a bit more of the backstory of what led especially Michael to ask that question of himself shortly after he received his dire diagnosis and even more bleak prognosis prior to any kind of intensive and extensive medical treatment. 
In our episode last week, Michael shared with you about his experience as the oncologist that he just met for the first time started his conversation without even the merest bit of a preamble with, we know you definitely have leukemia. We just won't know until we do further tests exactly what kind of leukemia you have. So we went on to find out there are a lot of different kinds of leukemia. Yes, that would be a life-changing piece of information given to anyone. But for Michael, it was like suddenly finding out one afternoon that he had to be taken to the ER right away because continuing his life here depended on it. Then, after spending the whole night in the ER without any sleep, except for drifting off for a few minutes here and there between tests and a six-hour blood transfusion, learning next to nothing about what was happening with him, besides being told that his condition was too severe for the local hospital to manage. So he was going to be transported to the main downtown hospital in the closest major city in the morning. Finally, seeing for himself from a sign that announced he was being gurneyed into the oncology floor of the hospital, having a clue that someone somewhere at least suspected he had some sort of, as they call it, the big C, cancer. A short time after he settles into his new hospital bed, the stranger, who is the chief oncologist, comes in and tells him they already know he has leukemia and he'll need to do a bone marrow aspiration and biopsy that afternoon to determine exactly what kind of leukemia Michael has. That night, Michael could only have one to two hour naps between all the interruptions of blood draws and IVs and medications and whatnot that the nurses and lab techs had to administer to him around the clock. Then, as he awakens the next morning, the oncologist returns with the news, you have AML. Michael, having been a nurse for three years when he was 18 to 21 years old, at least knew what AML stood for and that it was known to be the most aggressive form of leukemia. So he asked his brand new oncologist, who he immediately liked, despite the doctor being a man of few and rapid-fired words, to confirm that it was the fastest progressing blood cancer that he was diagnosed with. And I wanted to take a little sidebar conversation here because some people have asked us, since we have made it rather public about what's been going on with Michael, since we have such a great following, and we thought it would be good for everyone to know about what was going on, one of the criticisms that we've had is, you know, we're very health-oriented. Michael has always stayed at a very good weight. He's got almost a pitch-perfect diet. He exercises, et cetera, et cetera. So why would we even go into um, allopathic medicine to start with? And Michael's probably going to talk about this a little more next week, but I wanted to put in my comment about it is we live in 2023. There are many choices available that can save our lives compared to even 30 years before both of us were born, which was 100 years ago. <laughs> there wow. Are, there are so many more choices for life-saving procedures and help. But please know that we are keeping also the health orientation of his healing and the spiritual orientation of his healing very much as a part of this. Or center stage. <laughs> right. And one of the things is when we are guided to make a decision toward 
allopathic medicine when necessary, like when he's had all his heart attacks and stuff. I, he wouldn't have been able to survive if I stood over him and tried to heal him in the middle of a major heart attack unless, you know, spirit had given me special permission to do so, which I did not get that permission. I was told, take him to the ER so he can get the right help. And it, it's uh, his life could be saved at that time. That's the one thing that's really good about Western medicine is in emergency situations and mechanical, like broken bones and such, um, This they're experts, and they're getting better experts at working with cancers. And I don't want to turn this into a political debate about the problems with the medical industry, because there are many. But in this case, I was so grateful, personally, that there was something we could do to uh, mitigate this problem. So anyway, bringing it back to the story, um, talking, uh, so what happened on my end of things, because Michael wanted you to get a picture of both, and since this is sort of a little ongoing story that we're going to be telling, going to be telling, um, uh, there's my side of the story. I had to make decisions about uh, when to take him and what to do and so on and so forth. And, of course, we have our business and our household and our two cats to consider and his ongoing uh, special, I would call it a special needs diet he has had to keep him healthy in all other ways and to call friends to help us, such as we follow some of the medical medium uh, information about celery juice and wonderful healing soupy broths and so on that will help in the healing process. So I was able to call some very wonderful friends of ours who live in the Sacramento area, and they were very much willing to make these things for us and bring them to the hospital, as well as he, they have continued to do so for us ever since, which has been really amazing because we're keeping up our end of staying in healthy diets and so on, in spite of uh, the difficult levels of what chemo and other treatments he is taking, uh, the toll that they may be taking on him, um, along with the help. So I wanted to give a shout out to those who are helping us in that way. Um, I had to arrange for cat care and so forth, but the one wild thing that was going on uh, after that first night, the second night, of uh, staying home and then going back is, uh, and I think I mentioned this in last week's show, is we had the most unbelievable weather that I've ever seen in Sacramento. We used to live in Sacramento a long time ago for four years. Then we moved up to the mountains and we've been back four and a half years. I've never seen anything like it. The winds were high. The water was abundant. It was It knocked over trees in our yard and um, brought lightning so close to our window, I thought it was going to come right through. It was probably uh, this kind of bright flashes of lightning just feet outside of our window. So I was by myself in the house when this was going on. And of course, this was a good distraction for what I actually, when Michael went in the hospital, I knew it was cancer. I just didn't want to say anything. I just wanted to wait until everything was confirmed. Um, but on the second night after the diagnosis, basically I had to think about, all right, um, if he's going to live or if he's going to die. And, of course, 
a lot of people have that mental image picture that if you have a diagnosis of something like leukemia, you have a, a limited time and that's it. So I just went through all the scenarios in my head and de-energized. We call that blowing pictures to the best of my ability. And um, this, I continued to do this in the days to come as Michael was uh, working on making his decision on whether he wanted to stay or whether he wanted to go. And having been with him through medical, serious medical conditions since 2006, one of the things I am extremely grateful for and was even in the midst of this is that he has fought his way back and, and stayed here over and over again and having to start over from scratch <clears throat> in order to continue the amazing work he is doing and sharing with everyone, his lecturing and teaching spirituality and psychic abilities and so on. So, you know, we have a little bit of a philosophy of uh, for a life like the one we have, it could go on and on and on. I mean, we could continue, <laughs> we could probably continue to do this for 300 years. Um, but we live in a world where lifespans are limited. We're not quite in that place yet where we can live 150 years. We're getting there. And I'm even hearing some predictions that eventually we will be able to live, you know, the 800 or 900 years as mentioned in the Bible. You know, some of those old time amazing prophets and such. <laughs> old timers. <laughs> yeah. Had those abilities and we lost them for some reason and we live a short li shorter life, but they're getting longer. Even when we were children, um, adults were not living much past our age, which is 70 so, and 70 for Michael especially. He's turning 70 on Friday, July 14th. <laughs> so make sure you go on his Facebook site and wish him happy birthday. It's a big one because we're so happy he's still here. So anyway, we uh, these are all the thoughts that were going through my mind is how much is enough. And if he decides to leave, I have to be... Uh, I have to be ready for that. And I didn't want to put it out of my mind but I also wanted to keep in my mind whatever healing he needed, whether it was for here to stay, to heal from this thing, <laughs> or, or to make his passage to the other side. You know, we're psychics. We work with the other side a lot, so it's not something that scares me. Um, but it does scare a lot of people. Some people say, don't even talk about that, right? But in our case, uh, we, we don't. We don't only not talk about it, it's wide open and in our conversation. And I thought that was uh, a pretty great way to spend those nights before going in and being ready. And when I went into the hospital and it was confirmed when he said it was cancer, I really wasn't surprised. And I wasn't surprised. I was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What is that thing someone yeah, said about me? I'm the last to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had gotten hints of it for for a number of months before, but um, because his family has absolutely no history of cancer in it, there's there's that little part that goes, well, that can't be. But I, that's what I was seeing, and um, there were other things too. But you know, when a person has lived the kind of life Michael has, in all that givingness and all that. Uh, sharing and healing people, thousands and thousands of people, uh, at, at some point it's going to come to an end. And um, apparently 
It's not right now, which is really good. But Michael will continue with that story in just a little bit. Do you want to say a little comment before uh, we go? Oh, on the break? Yeah. yeah. it's And it's, you know, definitely coming up with the title of Is Your Life for Here to Go? Tongue-in-cheek uh, with a lot of amusement. And it's really not what I was looking at because I, I know life happens Either way, here or to go, it's no different for me in terms of life. We, we keep living. It's, it's whether we do it in this particular body uh, uh, image, if you will, or decide to put that down and, and move on for a, a costume change. <laughs> but, uh, but yes, I definitely, you know, so that's that's not really where, what the real question was for me, uh, but I'll I'll talk about that uh, much more after we come back. And then also, uh, the what Raphael hinted on in terms of making the decision that I made isn't based on whether it's well. I'll talk about that in, in the second part. But we're gonna use this example even more in the next episode, next week, because uh, about making the decision itself. It doesn't matter what the decision, but that's one of the things that I've noticed over all these decades of teaching. So many people get hung up on making the right decision or the best choice or whatever. And we'll, we'll get into that next episode in detail, but this one, uh, when we come back, I'll talk more about the my process all right well we're at our first break already and of course this is the time we tell you about some things and we have some important online projects we've been working on with our new online media media creator and expert hello danny and that we're getting ready to launch a couple of them one of those new platforms is our new learning sanctuary for the soul site and it is um, at this location, livethemiracle.com. Live the miracle, not living the miracle, but livethemiracle.com. It's not yet fully live, but nevertheless accessible to everyone to take a peek and see what's coming. We'll go live soon with our main psychic tools and life mastery practices for living your soul purpose, six-level comprehensive self-study audio course in our ongoing audio self-study series. You might be more psychic than you think both open to everyone. Then we'll continue to add all of our mastered audio seminars, classes, retreats, and courses over time to make this site complete, a complete audio, video, and text self-study learning campus for your spiritual and psychic growth, healing, and development. It will be, it will in time house pretty much all of our teachings that have been recorded and produced, available for purchasing and downloading or studying online. Just before our second break, We'll tell you more about some of our other online projects in development as well. We'll be right back with more on Is Your Life for Here or To Go? Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. 
If you love Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at michaeltamora.com forward slash events. The best book ever. Transformational. Incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational. A must read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award-winning book by Michael J. Tomorrow. Beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at michaeltamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Welcome back, everyone. We've been considering the question, is your life for here or to go? And we're exploring how you answer that question determines not only the kind of life you will live, but also whether you will have a more limited experience of life or a more joy-filled, miraculous one. Of course, the choice is always yours. So let's continue our exploration of how we might approach any life-changing situations we find ourselves in. All right. Well, you know, before our break, uh, in the first segment, Raphael shared with you a lot of her, the thoughts that she went through and, and her experience in this initial phase of our, uh, what I like to call our new uh, adventure in healing. <laughs> because all of life, to me, is about healing. Healing, just in the most basic definition of healing, is we're all here. Every single one of us is here to learn to restore our ourselves, our awareness, our energy, our life back to the wholeness that we always, eternally are. And, and so the only thing, quote-unquote, broken that you might consider is, oh, yeah, it's just where you're divided within yourself against your yourself. And... Uh, we don't think of it that way most of the time, well, most people don't, but, but it's actually when you really start to look within yourself, you'll find, oh, yeah, I've been against myself this way. I've been in competition with myself that way in order to get, you know, other people to accept me or love me or approve of me, whatever, because I don't want to be lonely, da-da-da-da. So we make all kinds of decisions unwittingly trying to, quote, heal ourselves, trying to have a better life, trying to be healthy and everything like that. But we don't recognize sometimes in the course of trying to do the best for ourselves, we're actually 
further dividing ourselves into little pieces. And so uh, I remember somebody, I think it was in the movie I was in, uh, one of the interviewees said something about um, uh, instead of going to pieces, you want to be at peace <laughs> or something of that nature. Peace instead of in pieces. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Okay. So what I like to do is just start with my initial experience of finding out that what I had was AML, then going to my initial thoughts about the four medical options that were given to me by the by the oncologist and their their standard or usual average prognosis and then the dog telling me i had to make my decision which way to go by first thing the next morning after i meet him <laughs> and uh, and that's because of the severity of my condition and the longer we waited he said, well, it, it would just make it that much harder to become, to, to be able to be treated successfully in any, any other ways. So I'll talk about my experience of having, uh, first having that kind of deadline to decide the course of whatever the rest of my life might look like. I'll talk also about what I was already thinking about uh, from the night at the ER and having a real sense that, you know what? This time, you know, I, I, for many of you know already that I've had, what, seven? Seven near-death experiences, but who's counting <laughs> so far? So I'm no stranger to going over, right, making my exit, but those seven times I ended up coming back here. So, uh, uh, Gee, you know what? I wasn't going to be here that much longer is a, a true, a real sense. Just like Raphael said, she already suspected I might have some form of cancer by the way she observed me for eh, a little bit of time, right? A few months, whatever. Because I just kept on just being, you know, really tired. And uh, I just didn't have my usual... Uh, liveliness. Mojo. <laughs> mojo. Mojo. Yes, my mojo was diminished considerably. <laughs> and uh, so I'm looking at my options from that perspective of, yeah, you know what? This time it might not be uh, another near-death experience kind of a thing, even if I cross over for a, a, a temporarily. It's, it might be the final one. Well, cats have nine lives, they say, but <laughs> I've already used up the seven of them. So <laughs> That's for sure. Maybe this is just the eighth one I'm, I'm using up. Anyway, I'll answer my version for the question, is your life for here to go? So you get a little sense of, you know, where I'm coming from. First, maybe learn a thing or two. Yeah, and then... The main reason we're sharing all this uh, intimate details of what we've been going through on, on many levels with you is because we know it really helps. It helps me personally when when I learn of a person's actual experience that they went through instead of giving me some kind of a theoretical, you know, this is the way it is because it's been that way for 2,000 years kind of a thing. So, is your life for here to go? Well, first, I was looking at my life 
as a to-go life, <laughs> in a sense, in, in that kind of a, a uh, sense. It was to-go because, okay, I already knew I'm, I'm going to live either way, but it's, it's more like where do I want to live or which way do I want to live? Uh, here in in a still in the physical incarnation or to go in in spirit which i'm most familiar with <laughs> way more than he being here <laughs> it's here that's difficult it's in spirit that's everything's easy okay since i felt that i was rapidly approaching the end my you know my expiration date here in the world then after listening to the personal stories of that one nurse, uh, I might have mentioned her last time, but uh, there was a nurse. I got a kind of a different nurse who, for each shift, of course, that took care of me. An attendant who was the main contact person for me for that shift. Anyway, the one nurse that I start that particular morning with later that day after I gave my initial decision of going home, I probably mentioned this in the last uh, episode, that I, out of the four uh, different options, I decide, okay, I'll take the going home option, but with prescription for being able to have regular blood transfusions as needed to keep me going a little bit longer than just going home and and having palliative palliative care to just, you know, uh, see the rest of my days here. Because that way I knew it wasn't going to be very long. <laughs> but with the blood transfusions, well, according to the doctor, the average life expectancy for me at that point would be eh, two to three months max with just blood transfusions and maybe palliative kind of medication or whatever. <sighs> okay, two to three months. At first, you know, I'm looking at if, if this, uh, I reassess my, my situation of, okay, just send me home. I could, I could get quite a bit done in two to three months. Uh, and, um, but, the nurses' stories, uh, which I'll get into detail probably more in the next next uh, uh, episode, but for this one, suffice it to say that I reassessed my situation because of listening to the nurses' stories and personal experiences with other people close to her. But I thought, you know what? What am I thinking here? Making a decision two to three months in this condition, even with blood transfusions. I'm going to be aware enough, functional enough, capable, have enough energy to be capable of produ being productive and, and doing all the things I needed to do, the decisions I had to make, and setting things up for after I leave, for the people I leave behind. And because I, I know probably better than most people that, oh yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be the one who's gonna have the hard time leaving. <laughs> it's it's gonna be the people who have to stay here, uh, or not have to, but they are gonna stay here regardless of whether I stay or or leave. 
So that's what I start to really look at and go, oh, yeah, two to three months isn't going to give me enough functional and productive time for me to take care of, even minimally take care of the major things that I feel is important uh, that I, I need to take care of myself so that when I leave, it's just not going to leave everyone who cares about me in a total uh, holding the bag, as they say. Okay, so reassessing my commitment to dying in a state of love and at peace with myself fully. Remember, I've mentioned this in various episodes, that it's a decision I made when I was 21 years old. And my teacher at the time said to me, hey, did you know you, you have a choice in how you would like to die? Oh, that was a major, my probably my first major real revelation. And I always knew I had a choice in how I wished to live, but I didn't ever look at until that moment. How do I wish to die when the time comes? How am I going to exit this place? And he said, well, most people unconsciously decide that, you know, they'll die in pain and suffering. But or they're afraid that's what's going to happen. And they resisted all their lives that, you know, when the time comes, uh, they're they're afraid to even like Raphael said, talk about it or even look at it because because they're so afraid that it's going to be a pain and suffering. But he said, but the other option is you can choose to uh, die in a state of love or how he put it is in love and at peace with yourself. Huh. And I knew he didn't mean be in love with yourself kind of a thing, uh, <laughs> like an ego trip. No, it's being in the state of love, lovingness, and at peace with yourself. Okay. So at that very moment, that was so profound when I first looked at that, that I, on the spot, I made the decision. That's the way I'm going to go. Whenever my time comes, I want to be in a state of love and fully at peace with myself. And then in that space, I will be ready to go, whatever the circumstance. Well, I realized that being, uh, looking at that with, am I going to be at peace with myself without considering anyone else in my life, anyone else who especially cared about me or depended on me in some level, uh, looked up to me, whatever. And I realized, no, I couldn't fully be at peace with myself knowing <laughs> that I'm leaving behind my loved ones, holding the bag, and then just, you know, I mean, they're going to go through what they're going to go through any, regardless of how I leave or when I leave. But why not make it at least just a little bit easier, a little bit more so that each person has as much certainty as possible in, hey, you know, I'm just on temporary leave <laughs> type of a thing. Not it's the end Okay, and, and I'm gone forever type of uh, experience. Then I'll talk about the common denominator. After that, I, I discovered 
through all of my near-death experience when I returned was the the lesson of dying physically or in any way of dying and letting go uh, was to realize that there is no death, there is no time, and that it was for us to each learn to undo our unconscious selfishness. Yeah, that's one of the experiences I had uh, regularly. Each time I died and came back, I go, what was the consistent thing? Because the dying experience is completely different each time. But, oh, in the coming back, I realized, oh, yeah, at that moment or moments leading up to dying or whatever, what are you thinking about? What's important to you is about your life, right? My life. Not about your life from, from my perspective, but my life. And, and especially when you're faced with death approaching fairly quickly, it makes us see that when confronted with the prospects of dying, we tend to instinctively be selfish. We normally see our life as ours alone. This is my life. You know, I have to make a decision about my life. And like it doesn't include everyone. <laughs> that leads to seeing the free will that each of us is given as I have free will, so I could do and live however I choose. Ah, time. We're coming flies. on our second <laughs> we're coming on our second break and Michael will continue with what he has to say here. Um but we wanted to let you know about the other online projects we have in development besides our soon-to-be-launched LiveTheMiracle.com Learning Sanctuary for the Soul Site. In addition, we're getting close to going live with our new Patreon site, mm -hmm. through which you will be able to help support us to keep offering you this weekly live and archival radio show. In addition... Michael's newly redesigned and improved official YouTube channel is operational and will continue to upload new material over time on that site as well. We'll have a new simple link tree page that will allow you to access all of our various online presences from our main website to our Learning Sanctuary YouTube channel and Patreon to all of our social media sites, Living the Miracle Radio Show host page with media player for live broadcast as well as for listening to archived past episodes, along with all the major podcast platforms like Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, and others that carry all of our episodes accessible with a simple click. We'll let you know more as we progress on our various online projects. Stay tuned. In just a bit, we'll return with Is Your Life for Here or To Go? We'll be right back. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at michaeltamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. The best book ever. Transformational. Incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational. A must read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. 
That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award-winning book by Michael J. Tomorrow, beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. If you love Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at michaeltamora.com forward slash events. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Well, it's great to have you back. And I just wanted to mention one little thing before I turn this back over to Michael, and that is uh, we're very sensitive and we can feel you. So (laughs) thank you for all the love and caring that you have. And um, for those of you that feel bad about what we're going to, please please don't feel bad because we're sharing this because everyone has to go through this at some time or another with loved ones. And our hope is to Uh, give you ideas on how to better manage it so that it's not a horrible experience, but rather a way to touch in with the light, actually. So let's continue. Is your life for here or to go? That's been our topic of exploration today. We've been exploring how we can live more of our eternal life in the present rather than dwelling in regret, hurt, disappointment, or guilt and blame in the past or worrying about the future. And that's the only way that we can hope to live the miracle of spirit joyfully, no matter what we encounter in our lives. So let's keep going. Yes, absolutely. You know, and and our whole season this season is focused on celebrating, joyously celebrating life in all its expressions, whether we decide, oh, this is terrible or this is fantastic or this is very lukewarm. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's it's life is meant for celebration. It's it's that's the nature of life. But I'll get into that more next episode. <laughs> there's so many things, you know. There's so many things, but we want to keep it so that in bite-sized pieces, so that it'll be more digestible, because each step of the way of going through life-altering experiences for anyone is is life-altering. It's it's a major. And and anytime we go through major changes of any kind, whether we think it's good or bad, doesn't matter. Any kind of big changes we go through is going to require us to be kinder to ourselves. It require us to be patient and trusting. And, and give ourselves all the breathing room we need to go through with it. You know, it's not like what is kind of, um, what would you say, the myth that's perpetuated in our society, especially currently, is, is, you know, instant everything. And not just only instant gratification, but, you know, if you 
click something on your computer or your phone, you expect that, oh, 5G is the fastest. Well, no, they're going to come out with 6G. And if you know they're going to come out with 6G, it's going to be 10G and and GG, (laughs) G whiz. (laughs) Uh, And so, but that's technology, right? That's not being human. That's not being a spiritual being incarnated in this world to experience life in its fullest, in its celebration. Ah, so anyway, before the break, I was talking about the natural, it's not natural, but it's the kind of the instinctive selfishness that most of us, if we're human, most of us, if we're confronted with death, especially impending death, (laughs) no matter where you are in your spiritual growth, oh yeah, the first thing you're going to think about is me, right? It's because... Who's dying? Me. Uh, I might die or I am going to die, uh, you know. When when you see that Mack truck coming at you really fast and you go, oh, there's no chance for you to escape that. Well, it's not someone else. You're not thinking about what's going to happen to the Mack truck driver. Mm-hmm. You're thinking about what's going to happen to me. me. <laughs> ah, that's where, uh, that's what we wanted to point out is, is oh, yeah, that's the... And, and you don't blame yourself for being that way. It's just a reaction. It's the reaction. And so I was starting to talk about that. And But if you stay in that selfishness, you don't learn from anything, then you have to die again. Yeah, you, you know, you, this is every time we die, metaphorically or literally, physically, we're learning. Oh, yeah. Not only did we not die, I mean, we're still alive. We're still aware. We're still, we might not be breathing in the body, but we're alive still. We're fully conscious. Ah, we experience life. Oh, that's the eternal life that keeps going regardless of whether you are in a physical incarnation in this world or not, or you're out in the far reaches of the galaxy or or whatever. It doesn't matter. That never dies. That never ends. So then if we start to learn, okay, yeah, either way, uh, it's whether I stay here or, or go somewhere else, I'm still alive. Okay, so with that, you start to expand your horizons and go, is, is my life mine alone? And you start to realize, no, it's not. Because when we learn from our repeated dying, we discover that we're never alone in our dying. The, the, the traditional idea is, oh, yeah, well, doesn't matter who you are. When, you, when the time comes for you to make your exit from here, you die alone. Even if you're surrounded by millions of adoring fans, you die alone. Because you're the only one going through the death experience. No, that's not true at all. When we die, everyone who loves us, actually, that's not even true. Anyone who is involved in our lives is in any way, even in hate, if somebody hates you, I mean, you know, or, or just uh, you're, you're a lousy boss, you're a, 
you were a, a really horrible parent or whatever. They they intensely, you know, dislike you. They're still going to be intensely. The more they judge you, the more they have any kind of a resistance toward you, the more intensely they're going to be affected by our dying. So it doesn't matter if they love you or, or hate you. They're still going to be affected quite a lot. How we choose to die not only makes you know a fundamental difference in our experience, but in the experience down the long haul, it affects pretty much everyone else. And after all, we're all the same one spirit beyond all the differences we might perceive in each other at any time, according to how we express ourselves here in this world of time and space. We can only live life here and now in this world. In spirit, we discover that there is no time or space, and which means we're only living in the eternal here and now by default. There's no other, you don't have a choice. It's you're alive. You might want to die when you're here because life seems so horrible, but no, in spirit, you don't die. So there's not a choice like that. <laughs> Isn't that hilarious? Well, I, I think it is. So anyway, regardless of whether we live in an incarnation or we continue to live in spirit, we only live here and now. When we're incarnated in this world of time and space, if we dwell in the past or future, just like Raphael is saying, we're not really living our life, are we? No. For here to go? Well, here is our only true option. Here doesn't mean holding on for your dear physical life. No. Here just means that's where life is, whether you're in the body or in spirit, it's only here. Which meant for me at the time in the hospital making that choice, I had to choose to live here and now rather than thinking about how to secure a certain kind of future for myself or for anybody else. What did that mean for me at the time in terms of what kind of treatment I would pursue or not pursue? So. I changed my mind from my original declaration. You know, the doctor said, you got to give me a definite answer first thing in the morning, the next morning. Well, of course, you know, we'll get into more of the details of that, uh, all like the communication I had with Raphael and what, what we kind of looked at. But just for now, I, I, uh, when I heard the stories from the nurse, which I'll talk about more in detail next week, but I changed my mind as, oh, you know what? What would work for me to be able to be here in a functional state, to be able to prepare everyone else for my eventual departure to the best of my ability? And that wasn't just going home for palliative care and getting, you know, the, the dodge out of here. <laughs> that, that meant helping to get people mentally and emotionally and psychically more prepared, but also to prepare my worldly affairs in order 
I don't have to prepare my spiritual affairs. I had to prepare my worldly affairs so that enough, at least, to make it less intense and less challenging, especially for Raphael, my sons and their families, our students, friends, and community, and anyone else who, who cared about me. So how is Raphael going to handle owning a big house, for example, by herself after I leave? What about all the expenses incurred by my dying? Hey, you know how expensive it is for people to die? Even with insurance. <laughs> Even with insurance. <laughs> and how about her future revenue sources, right? Those are all the things I'm looking at. Wow, I didn't consider that in my, uh, in my own selfishness at the beginning when I made the decision and gave to the doctor. Oh, yeah, just send me home and, and I'll, I'll, you know, make be fine. Sense. I'll make my little exit as graceful as possible but you know that's it most of the time together you know Raphael managed the business end of everything which I'm sure she'll talk about in more in detail next week but while I handled quite a bit of the creative end on which a major part of our regular income depended on so without me there she's gonna have to basically change her entire life so how can I help her at least have much more of a passive income stream of some sort as I make my exit, uh, that would at least lighten up that load for her somewhat. So those are all the kinds of thoughts I was going through and looking at. And of course, how can I give my sons enough time and communication to ease their transition when the eventuality came? So, and similar concerns for all my students and friends. So this is, this is where I'll, I'll finish this off because we're running out of time again. <laughs> That's been my life, running out of time. <laughs> but, but next week, we'll get back to this and take you on a little bit different ride about making decisions. All right. Well, Michael has done a really great job of uh, preparing everyone even at this point, and I really appreciate that so much. Um, and we'll talk a lot more about this, and I know you might be alarmed by the joy in our voices, but <laughs> that is the way to make it through something like this to the best of our ability. But we'll talk more about how we actually manage that. Well, we've reached the end of our show today. We're grateful that you joined us for this episode and hope that it offered you much inspiration and insight into how you can live more of the miracle of your soul life joyfully every day, no matter what's happening in your life. Be sure to join us next Wednesday as we continue to explore the overall theme of this new season, celebrating your life joyfully through its ups and downs, through more of our sharing with you of our more recent challenges and how we've been navigating through our new adventure in healing and living. Until then, be inspired, use your imagination, and follow your intuition joyfully. This is... Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. We'll see you next week. We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth. <laughs>